Well, good morning and welcome to Soul City Church. My name is Jeannie Stevens. I'm one of the lead pastors here, and I'm excited to kick off our new series, Give Thanks. Uh, But before we do that, I want to make uh, a quick mention of what happened here last weekend. Last weekend, we celebrated our four-year anniversary as a church. It was an amazing celebration. Uh, Yeah, all right, come on. And it was an incredible celebration. There were 1,343 people here, which is incredible. I don't know where they all were, but they were here in this building. And my favorite moment of the weekend was a moment when we all took a little piece of wood and we answered the question, uh, who do we want to be next to us next year? We all wrote names on these pieces of wood. And this past week, a couple of artists in our community, Kara Corbett and Kelly Corver, uh, along with some amazing assistance of their friends, uh, took all of those pieces of wood and they put it into an absolutely stunning piece of art. And I know that many of you don't get to get upstairs uh, in our family lobby, uh, but I would encourage you to go up there and to see the piece of wood that you wrote on and the name um, that, that you wrote. And, and they put this incredible piece of art together. And to me, it's just such an amazing picture of what we are praying God is going to do in and through our lives and in and through this church this next year. So I encourage you to head up there. Lots Sometimes people stop me and they're like, I didn't even know we had a second story on this building. So there is, there's a second story and now there's a beautiful piece of art up there. So I'd encourage you to go take a look at it. Well, last week was an amazing week for our church, uh, but it was a rough week for Chicago. Okay. It was an amazing week for our church, but it was a rough week for Chicago. And things started going downhill the second these services were over. Because if you remember, uh, last week, um, we as Chicagoans, we had to start to wonder if we actually had a professional football team in this city or if perhaps the Bears were just like a JV high school football team. Um, I know, it's mean, it's mean, but it's true, okay? It's mean, but it's true. Uh, We speak the truth here at Soul City Church. Um, And so not only did that happen, then we had to turn away from football and, and put our hope into basketball, and then we had to watch Derrick Rose face yet another injury, right? And let's be honest, let's be honest, the real sadness was due to the fact that there were multiple days last week where the temperature was in the 20s, okay? Not only was it in the 20s, it then began snowing, and it's snowing outside right now. So it was a rough week for Chicago last week. And so to deal with that roughness, I went to Target, which is always good um, (laughs) at any time. At any time, it's good to go to Target. And um, specifically, if you don't have kids with you, it's even better. Um, And I love my kids, but Target and kids... No. Um, So I went to Target and it was hilarious to walk down the aisles because on every single end cap, there was like hats and gloves and boots and heating blankets and ice scrapers for cars and, and every imaginable medication for the cold and flu season that is upon us. And it was like Target was reminding us how bad it's gonna be. And, and, and obviously winter is clearly here and every pharmacy in this city is preparing for you and I to get sick. Now, 
my family and I, we tend to, to do fairly well during the winter months uh, when it comes to sickness. Uh, but one of the things that I have struggled with over the years is that on a regular basis, um, if I get sick, I tend to get the same sickness each year, and that is strep throat. For those of you that have ever had it, um, it is not fun. And I can always tell when I'm starting to get strep throat. What happens is every time I swallow, my ears and my throat hurt terribly. Um, my throat gets all swollen. Um, it, you know, it, my, I get a fever and it's just, it's not fun. And so what happens is every single time when I start to show the symptoms for strep throat, I make an appointment, I go to the doctor, and I literally go in and I start out by saying to the doctor, I'm gonna be your easiest appointment today. Here's the situation. I have strep throat, you don't need to test me, you just need to give me a prescription, and I will give you my copay. Like, th th we can make this very simple, okay? And every single time the doctor says to me, well, I'm sure you're probably right, but let's just test you to make sure. Now, I don't know what's worse, the test for strep throat or strep throat itself, because the test for strep throat is literally a cotton swab on the end of a wooden stick that gets forced down your throat. And so when I'm sitting there in the doctor's office, I mean, I have, I've got to brace myself, you know, on the, the tissue paper, and sometimes I'm even in a paper gown, which all of that is bad to begin with. And so you're bracing yourself for the fact that a wooden stick with a cotton swab is going to go down your throat. So you do that, you say, ah, and then, of course, you gag all over the place, and the doctor just sort of looks at you like, huh, yeah, that was nice. And, and, and they leave, right? They leave. You stay in there. They come back in. They get in their little rolling chair to roll around the office, right? And they sit down in their rolling chair. They come up to your tissue paper table, right? And you're sitting there and they're like, you know what? You have strep throat. I'm like, I told you that when I came in, right? And so, you know, the doctor's like, well, here's a prescription, take these things, and I'm sure you'll be feeling good in a few days. Every single time this has happened to me, I have the same symptoms that present the same sickness. Now, think about the times in your life where perhaps you have had a, a sickness and it has not presented itself with any symptoms. You see, with most colds and flus and other minor sicknesses, you know when you've got it, right? Your body starts to feel lousy. But what do you do when you're sick and you don't have any symptoms? And today what I want to talk about is I want to talk about an ailment that I believe many of us have, but we don't even realize we have it. It's a condition that presents itself with subtle symptoms, rarely affecting our everyday, ordinary lives. We often don't feel like anything is even wrong in our life, but I believe it's an infection that lives within our soul, and when it goes untreated, there are significant ramifications to the quality of our life. The condition I'm speaking about is the condition of spiritual forgetfulness. The condition of spiritual forgetfulness. Um, I, I've actually given it a, a new term. Um, I want to call it goodness amnesia. Okay? Goodness amnesia. Now, I made up the term and I even made up the definition. So, the term goodness amnesia means it is the condition of forgetting the goodness of God. Goodness amnesia 
is the condition of forgetting the goodness of God in your life. You see, many of us, we've experienced a moment of God's goodness in our life. We've experienced his goodness. We've, we've tasted it. We've felt it. We just sang about it a few moments ago. Maybe you've tasted it in, in God being um, a provider in your life. You've, you've tasted his provision. Maybe you've seen it in a relationship. God's been faithful in a relationship in your life. You've experienced God's goodness at some point, but goodness amnesia causes you to forget it, to forget his goodness. And what happens when we have goodness amnesia is we go back to normal life. We go back to just getting things done. We, we put that moment of God's goodness into a compartment, maybe into a, a memory bank in our mind or in our heart, but the moment is often lost and we start to experience goodness amnesia. And my prayer for us this morning, for our time together, is that I want us to leave here today being cured once and for all of goodness amnesia. What I want to do is I want to remind us of the goodness of God. And I want to give us a prescription to cure us from this goodness amnesia moving forward. And so in order to do that, uh, I want to open God's word together this morning. So there's a Bible in your seat back in front of you, or perhaps it's on the floor. I want to ask you to grab that. And we're going to turn to the Psalms this morning. Uh, We're going to start out in Psalm 19. You can turn to page 380. We're going to start out in Psalm 19. While you're turning there, uh, I want to give us a little context around David, who is the writer of most of the Psalms. Now, God had clearly demonstrated his goodness to David in extraordinary ways. Uh, David's life, uh, it starts out away from the limelight. Uh, he He was a shepherd. And then David has this run-in with a giant named Goliath. And in God's goodness, uh, he was able to take down this giant. Well, David's life turns and, and he eventually is chosen to be the king of Israel. And he is adored by all the people. He, he is experiencing the goodness of God. But David's life was not always good. David found himself in lots of trouble. The former king, King Saul, was insanely jealous of David. David struggled with self-control. He ended up having an affair with a woman named Bathsheba, and there was disastrous consequences in his life over that. He had a terrible relationship with his son, Absalom. And God had been good to David, but David's life was not always good. God had been good to David, but David's life was not always good. And what we're going to look at this morning is what does David do with the fact that God is always good, but his life was not always good. Okay, so we're going to dive in to Psalm 19. And this is a psalm that David had written, and he says this, Psalm 19, starting verse 1. It says, the heavens, the heavens declare the glory of God. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice 
goes out into all the earth, their words to the end of the world. So above us, above us at every single moment of every single day is a clear demonstration of the goodness of God. David says in this psalm that the heavens declare it, the skies, the sun, the moon, the stars, the planets, the clouds, the galaxies, yes, even the snow declares the goodness and the glory of God. Now, we will not say that God is good if it snows in April, but above us, at every single moment, all we have to do is to look up, to look up and to see God's goodness. David says, just look up. If you're struggling with wondering about the goodness of God, let creation put your wondering to rest day after day, night after night. Creation is declaring God's goodness. I love in in the very first chapters of the book of Genesis, as we go through the creation account, after God creates something, whether it be the land or whether it be the oceans, whether it be animals, whether it be vegetation, God ended each day by saying, it is good. It is good. Creation tells us every single day, Even without words, Psalm 19 says they have no speech. There are no words. Creation tells us at all time that God is good. Amen? Amen. That God is good. So one of the first steps in being cured of goodness amnesia is simple. It's to look up. To look up. Now, not at this concrete ceiling with lights in it, but when you go outside, look up. Look up into the heavens. Look at all that God has made to see and to say, just like God did, it is good. And the goodness of God is mind-blowing. It is mind-blowing. When you begin to wrap yourself around the goodness and the glory of God, honestly, it should knock you over. The goodness of God is so unbelievable. The very definition of the word good comes from the word God. They come from the same root meaning. His goodness never ends. It can't run out. His goodness is his very nature and essence. He is the first original being that is good all the way through. There is no shadow. There is no imperfection. There is no darkness in God. God is good all the time, all the time. It is impossible for God to one day be less good because you cannot subtract from God and you cannot add to God. God's very essence is goodness. It is goodness. He is good all the time. A.W. Tozer, who's a a theologian, he, he makes this statement and he says this, that when it comes, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Listen to that statement again, that what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. So when you think about God, 
what do you think about? When you think about God, what do you think about? Do you think of God's goodness? Because if what we think about God is that he has just forgotten us, then what we think about ourselves is that we're going to have to be the ones that are in control of our lives. If what we think about God is that he's just forgotten us, well, then we have to get into control of our lives. If what, if what we think about God is that he's just this God that's out to get us, then what we think about ourselves is that it's better for us to just sort of stay in hiding, to be alone, and to remain unseen. If what we think about God is that he is this mean and unfair and vengeful being, then what we think about ourselves is that life is all up to me, whether it becomes good or not. But if what we think about God is that he is good, then what you think about yourself is that it's not all up to you. If what you think about when you think about God is that he is good, then you find great peace. You find great freedom. You find great relief that it is actually not all up to you. And if the goodness of God is the cornerstone of your heart, your mind, your body, and your soul, if you believe at the foundation of who you are, that God is good, that Jesus is good, that cornerstone will be able to withstand literally anything that comes into your life. When life throws you a situation that is difficult beyond your comprehension, when life isn't good, it will be the goodness of God that dictates your response and carries you through the trial. But many of us, many of us, we suffer from goodness amnesia. We forget that God is good. And we have this default button that often erodes our lives and leads us into a deeper case of goodness Amnesia. We forget that God was, that God is, and always will be good. We forget to look up. We forget to look up. And what happens is we just look out at our circumstance. We look out at our situation. We look out at the pain. We look out at the injustice. We look out at the difficulty. And we fall back into the clutches of goodness amnesia. This is why I believe David, all throughout the Psalms, continues to bear witness, continues to speak of the goodness of God all throughout the Psalms. We just heard that David's life was not always good, and yet David speaks of the goodness of God. He speaks of the goodness of God over and over again. Psalm 145.9 says, The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. Psalm 16.2, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. Psalm 105, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. God's goodness never ends. It never ends. 
This last week, I was up in my office and I was uh, preparing for this message and I was writing um, on Wednesday and I, I looked over at my bookshelves and I was, I was thinking of a particular book, um, a theology book that I had on um, the essence and the character of God. And I went rummaging over on my bookshelf to try and find this book that I had remembered reading a, a number of years ago. And I found myself um, on the bottom shelf, I had a pile of all of my old Bibles. And my eye was drawn to the Bibles, and so I just sat there on the floor for a few moments, and I, I pulled them out, and I found my very first two Bibles when I started following Jesus as a high school student. And the first Bible that I came upon is the Good News Bible. It's even in the name, Good News. <laughs> And what I was most struck by when I saw this Bible on the bottom of the shelf was the duct tape on the binding. And I was struck with the fact that as a 14, 15, 16, 17-year-old girl, I was so drawn to the goodness of God in his word that the binding cracked. And it needed to be put back together with a piece of duct tape. And then at some point, I must have started thinking that this Bible wasn't pretty anymore. And so I got another Bible, and this time the Bible was holy. Um, it wasn't just good. <laughs> it was the Holy Bible. And what I was struck by was that the entire New Testament was falling out. And there's notes all over it in my teenage thoughts and mind and there's prayers all throughout it and notes in the, in the little tiny margins. And there have been lots of moments from when I was a high school student until now. A lot of good moments and a lot of hard moments. But the goodness of God has remained the same. Nothing about the character of God has changed from the day I wrote in these Bibles. Nothing about his goodness has decreased and nothing about his goodness has increased because he is good all the time. And, and his goodness shows up in my life. And what's amazing is that God has not changed over the last 20 years. I have changed over the past 20 years, which is evidence of God's goodness. Um, but his goodness is unchanging. And when our gaze is fixed up on the goodness of God, we get to put into our lives the truth that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But our God is so good, our God is so good that he doesn't want his children just walking around with their heads up to the sky at all times because he knows that we'll have really high chiropractor bills and we'll get a kink in our neck. He knows that this is not the only position that we are supposed to be in because when we look up at the goodness of God, in his goodness, he lowers our head to look out so that we can be his goodness in this world. By looking up at him, we are able to lower our heads and to look out, to be his goodness. 
If we were to only ever look up and never be aware of what is actually happening around us in the world, we might miss out on how God might be actually inviting us to be his goodness in this world. God knows that that when we're stuck looking up, we eventually just start wanting his goods instead of being in his goodness. Did you get that? If we're just looking up at his goodness at all time, we just start wanting his goods, don't we? We just start praying for his goods in our lives. God, I, I see your power and I think I want some more of that. I see that you answer prayers. God, would you just keep doing that for me? Would you just keep answering prayers over and over and over again? I see that you are a good God, that that there's provision from you, God. Would you just give me more and more of your provision? I want your protection, God. I want your goods. But the point of looking up is to eventually be able to look out, to actually be his goodness in the world. And so my question for us this morning is, do you want God's goodness or do you just want his goods? Do you want God's goodness or do you just want his goods? Because our prayers are often centered around asking for his goods. And I wonder... I wonder if when God hears us pray, if he just hears us saying, God, would you just show me the goods? Would you just show me the goods in my life? Instead of saying, God, I want to be in your goodness so that I can be your goodness in this world. And when we forget about the goodness of God, this is when we develop goodness amnesia. But I wonder, I wonder if we were to become a people that just wanted, wanted the goodness of God in our life because he is good, if we sought the goodness of God in our life because he is good, if we trusted in the goodness of God in our life because he is good, if we literally banked every part of our lives on the goodness of God because he is good, might we be willing to actually be his goodness then because of that? And friends, that's what cures goodness amnesia. That's what cures goodness amnesia. And I love when I get to see this at work in a person's life. And you can see it so clearly when someone doesn't just want God's goods, but when they are content in his goodness. And one of my dearest friends, Jaday, is one of those people. He lives out the goodness of God as he looks up and he looks out. And I've watched this on display. Um, I've known Jaday for about four years now. And I've watched this on display in his life. And so I want you to hear his story of how God's goodness has been at work in his life. So will you help me welcome Jaday? Well, I would love for you to tell us about a time um, when you experienced God's goodness, and you can come closer. It's okay. It's good. Well, uh, Jeannie, uh, well, about four or five years ago, I found myself um, in a season of unexpected financial difficulty. Um, I was done with my graduate school program. Both my parents had lost, lost their jobs. I was without a job for a real long time. And I 
I knew that God was doing something deeper in my life. He was inviting me to exercise my faith mm. in ways that I never had before. And uh, one of the ways he did that was to encourage me to hold on to the promises through scripture. Mm. And one of the verses that I held on to in that season comes from Psalm 27, where it says, I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of God in mm. the land of the living. And yeah. in fact, that verse is actually still up on my wall. Um, right mm. above my bed, and I get to see that almost every night. Mm. And uh, I knew, I knew I had to trust in God, and knew who was going to come through. Yeah. Such a very painful season of, of waiting and trusting and praying. Mm. Um, God showed me His faithfulness. He provided a wonderful job, and uh, in fact, He used this church community to provide for a lot of my financial needs mm. in that season. And um, every time I, I reflect over the last two years of mm. my life. Um, astounded and amazed yeah. at what God has done. Um, mm -hmm. He's shown me his mercy, his goodness, his faithfulness, and uh, I feel like I'm living in a miracle mm -hmm. of God's goodness. This mm -hmm. is this is what God has done. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you are. And and what is so powerful today is I know that throughout that whole season, mm -hmm. um, God was good, yeah. but your life mm -hmm. did not feel good. And yet God's goodness remained central yeah. to you. It was the foundation. It was the bedrock mm -hmm. of what you put your hope in. Mm -hmm. And I know that going through that season um, has shifted even how you feel called to demonstrate mm -hmm. his goodness. And so I'm curious um, how it has affected you and how you view your resources, how you view your stuff, how you view what God has done in your life and what you're called to do mm -hmm. with it. Yeah, I think uh, one of the important things that God um, had taught me in that season was to learn to be grateful um, even in the midst of nothing. There mm -hmm. were days man, when I did not know if I was going to be able to afford a place to live, um, mm -hmm. if I was going to have food to eat that week. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. to, see, to see God mm -hmm. come through in his promises is nothing short of unbelievable. Mm -hmm. um, and I asked myself, like, how can I not live a life of gratitude, how can I not live a life of generosity? Like, mm. I know what it's like to be without nothing. Yeah. And uh, when I look at my life now and see all that God has blessed me with, how can I hold that to yeah. myself? Like, how can I not um, respond to God's invitation mm. um, to be part of the work of goodness he's doing in other people's lives? Mm. Um, and that's, that's a story that God's writing through yeah. me. And my prayer is that I'll continue to respond um, with a heart of generosity and gratitude mm. to God for what, what he's done. Yeah. It's so evident today. Mm. I love the tenderness mm. of your heart mm. to the goodness of God and your tenderness of heart to that season of your life mm. and, and recalling that when life did not feel good, mm. that God was still good. Yeah. And you are such a picture mm. and a testimony um, mm. and an example to us to believe in the goodness of God at all times. Mm -hmm. And uh, many of you may or may know, not know this about Judea, um, but when Soul City Church was just an idea, when it was a, a real fancy website and not a real church, um, <laughs> we had an email address. And I will never forget the very first email that Soul City Church ever received was from Judea. And I keep this email in my office. It's in the center of the window. I look at it every single time I walk into the office. 
This was written on October 13th, 2009, five years ago. Five years ago, and I'm not going to read you the whole email, but one of the things that Jade says in this email is, I've been on a journey for over eight years, and while it has had rough patches, my foundation is solely on Jesus Christ, and I aim to make him the center of my life, to honor him with my actions, and to share his love with the people around me. Five years ago, Jade's faith reminded me of the goodness of God. And your faithfulness and your consistency and your character and your trust in God reminds every one of us today of the goodness of God. You are a good man today. You are a good man and you embody the goodness of God. And this church is blessed to have you in it. So thank you for telling your story. I love you. Thank you. And when you hear a story like that, you can't help but know, God, you are. You are good. You are good. And it is being in the presence of God's goodness that cures the goodness amnesia. Um, C.S. Lewis has this fantastic quote. He says that everyone feels benevolent if nothing happens to be annoying him at the moment. (laughs) Isn't that great? Everyone wants to extend goodness. Everyone wants to be a blessing. Everyone wants to be benevolent if things are going well, if things are good. And so my hope this morning um, is that you're not really feeling annoyed right now um, because I want to give us a tangible opportunity As we've been looking up at God, we just sang of his goodness. I want to give us a tangible opportunity to actually look out, to be his goodness. And Kurt mentioned this earlier. Over the past four years, we've had this amazing privilege of partnering with the Lumalnati's organization to distribute Thanksgiving baskets around the city. And as Kurt mentioned, this year we're poised to distribute over 1,300 baskets um, next Saturday through different partners at Breakthrough and By the Hand and Lawndale Community Church and River City Church to families in this city so that they can prepare a warm and healthy Thanksgiving meal. And what I want to invite each of us to do together is to actually sponsor a basket. Each of us to say, I can put a meal on somebody's table. I can embody God's goodness. And I can extend his goodness into the world. I can look out and I can meet this need. And so what we're going to invite you to do this morning is to do simply that, um, to purchase a Thanksgiving basket for a family in this city. And we're going to do it really simply. Uh, We're actually going to be able to do it together on our phones. So I'm going to ask you to take out your phone right now. Make sure it's silent. I would encourage you to not go to Facebook or um, check your email. And you're going to open up your text application, and you're going to text in this number, 
548-7728. And in the body of that text, all you have to type is a number and then Thanksgiving. Perhaps you want to do one basket, which is $40. Um, And all you have to type in is 40 and then the word Thanksgiving. Perhaps um, you want to do a portion of a basket, and so you want to do a lesser amount. Perhaps you know that you can do multiple baskets, and so I'm going to have you do the math on your own because I'm not very good at math. And so you can add up the amount of baskets that you want to do and just type the word Thanksgiving. And when you hit send, um, you're actually going to receive an opportunity um, to register your, um, your credit card information, and then the basket will be purchased. Now, if you have any problems, if um, anything doesn't work on your text message, if you get a default error, uh, we've got a team over at the Next Steps wall. They would love to help you make this happen. Now, our goal as a church, the Malnati's organization is going to distribute 1,300 of these baskets. But we as a church said we want to be responsible for 300 of them. We as a church want to purchase 300 of these baskets. Now, I think that we can surpass that goal, um, but I want to invite you Not to just make it a a moment on your phone where you type in the 40 and the Thanksgiving, done, I did my deal, all right, great. But for you to have a moment to actually say, God, thank you. Thank you. I get to extend your goodness in the world because you have been good to me. And so I'm praying that we surpass the 300 goal But I invite you to be the goodness of God because you have tasted the goodness of God. And we're going to move into a time of worship. And so I want to invite you to stand and and we're going to pray together. And I just want to remind us that worship is an opportunity for us to look up at the goodness of God to reflect upon his glory. And then as a result of being in his presence, to allow him to lower our head, to look out at a world that is in desperate need of seeing his goodness at work in our lives. So I invite you to worship our good God with passion and with devotion and with the trust that he is good all the time. And so, Father, we we come before you now. God, thank you for today's story. Thank you for um, how he is a testimony of your goodness at work in someone's life. And God, I know that each one of us could go around this room today and we could all um, tell a story of your goodness at work in our lives. And God, we don't want to put those stories and those moments up on a shelf and forget about them. God, we do not want to be a people that suffer from goodness amnesia. We want to recall and remember your goodness over and over and over and over again so that when we look out at the world, God, we can extend your goodness with grace and love and mercy the same way that your goodness has been extended to us. So God, I pray that you would receive this worship with delight. I pray that as you look down on this corner, on this planet, God, that you would see a group of people that are worshiping you with all of our hearts. 
giving all of ourselves to you as we declare your goodness today. We love you, God. We love you so much. And we pray this in your name. Amen.